0: To live from the past, from the uh, past oh, yes, studios I here in johnson I proper. That's the deal, that's the real deal, Ben. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's life as you know it. Here's the thing we did it again. Yeah, we probably burned. Uh, what is it, 10 30? Holy cat! Yeah, we got It's a quick one, Ben. Yeah, yeah, I got I got here at like 9 10 or whatever, and I we started talking like girls, yeah. Oh, yeah, we started talking about something. And uh, I, we just got off it like 10 minutes ago. Yeah. We, every once in a while, we should just turn on the mic. Just
1: fire it. Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. Something in there is probably good. Yeah. So we, here's the thing. We're generally trying to filter uh, because it, this was a pretty – it was a very good conversation, and I would have loved to have it had it here, um, but I, we're, we're just making sure there was some some sensitivity to it. So I think we're just trying to talk it out. Uh, it will lack some spontaneity, I suppose, if we have it again. But yeah,
1: it's just like telling the kids you had a great Christmas present, but yeah. you're not getting it. Yeah, but it's not going to happen. Yeah, it's like what? What a letdown! <laughs> just but. yeah, just so you know, whatever you got here was the leftovers. <laughs> 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 we already ate the main meal, it was great. and we're, we're showing up with the
0: cranberries, and you're like, oh man, <laughs> <laughs> that's it. <laughs> okay, so here's the deal. I got two quick things for you, and then we're gonna give some advice, and then we're gonna try to get out of here. Okay. Uh, the the <laughs> Barnard <laughs> Shoot. Barner Research says that pandemic could result in loss of faith in next generation. Excellent. I don't know why they have a lot of faith in the next generation anyway. I've met these people. (laughs) I don't have any faith in them. Um, The coronavirus pandemic could accelerate a loss of faith among the next generation unless churches find ways to better disciple young churchgoers and keep them connected. Senior researchers at the Barner Group say... Some dude uh, highlights how a majority of young people who grew up in the church will either walk away from their faith or from the church when they become young adults during a recent discussion about the impact
1: of the pandemic. <laughs>
0: That's the same problem we've been having for 100 years.
1: This isn't pandemic-related. Yeah, <laughs> I suppose, though, there's, there's a piece missing, though. Like I mean, I think there's, like, in education, there's a, there's a chunk missing. Uh, you know, I have two girls in college right now. i think, I'm, how weird. I wonder they're they're still doing their education but there's got to be a chunk missing there that that is not normal yeah you know like but one of them's learning to be a dentist and she also sent me screenshots of stuff and 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 i'm like like huh that's Mm -hmm. teaching you to be a dentist i mean (laughs) i mean what do i know about dentistry (laughs) nothing you you, you know (laughs) but but uh so so i could see that in the church that how we're set up and unless we're able to quickly adapt there could be a chunk missing for some those are pretty key times i mean 11 year old I did is when I when man that was life changing for me and 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 uh, so I I I'm, I'm not going to laugh at it yet. No it's yeah I think there is a the
0: question is that like I mean, this is the thing that if I had a, an underlying concern with um so the church stuff during the pandemic is that um it runs the risk of putting it on equal footing with other forms of entertainment. Uh-huh. Um, we, we, which is a, a, I think a risk across the board I, I think there are great ways that you can use uh, Technology to otherwise s- support it and I think Frankly we should be thankful that we had The means to be able
1: to do yeah. that when it Happened it's up to parents to do that Is that kind of what you're I mean there, yes. there's so much out there yes. Yeah 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 if you don't as a parent Feel equipped I mean there's so Much out there you can help your children with yes To to yeah because as I was telling my Little thing I thought well you know it seems like most of my high school I, try, I was I was working Burger King Sunday morning mm-hmm mm. Cause I was played football and did track, and it's like that was the only hours I could work. I had a car payment. Know? I mean, yeah. you know. It's like that was it, and, and and it's like so I I went months at a time without attending church, and I see think I turned out okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, so eh, you could say, well, it was like a COVID gap, you know? It was like uh, I couldn't fallen offense, It's yeah. I don't know. Do you feel like so? Uh, so
0: during those times, Dan, what? what um, where <laughs> Do did I have to tell you what I did? Did well? I, I was going to ask. Like, did you were you feel like you were? Um, did that impact your? your relationship with Jesus and your ability to follow him and did you have support from any other areas that I, weren't the church.
1: I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna be a little embarrassed here okay. because I, I like I, I would as far away from this doctrine as possible, but I, I watched Jim Baker PTL Club every single night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> every single night. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I gotta gotta get the interviews be- and I and, and there's been stuff I think, well it's kinda weird, but it's like he just I just I loved the guy uh, somehow I think God protected me because, like, yeah. I just grasped the God part. Yeah. yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. like, so all the stuff my friends were doing, like, I didn't do any of that stuff because I was like, oh, no, no, God, God, yeah. you know, he's with me and he loves me and he wants wants the best for me and I'm not going to do that. And and uh, so for me, that worked out really well. Right. But right. Uh, I didn't have community at all. I mean, I had, didn't never went to youth group as a kid. Interesting. You know, I, I, there's there's stuff. I went to Sunday school, like, elementary school years. Yeah. Uh, uh, but there's like from junior high on. I, I never, never nope. did. Dan, uh, Dan, and Jim Baker. I know me, me and Jim. I even <laughs> sent him money. I kept my little quarters, and I got a little PTL Bible. <laughs> and he got you just where he wanted. <laughs> yeah, to get. I know. He's like, yes, sir. <laughs> and my dog you, needs a new bathtub. <laughs> Burger King kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, so you, there's there's ways. There's ways. Right. That's my right, point. right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, 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 I mean, maybe to that point. Um, I mean, this pandemic, it, it gets the weight you give it, and like. I agree it's 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 irritating you know and and has some weight to it in in certain aspects um but but we we tend to do this we're an exclamation point society right you know like oh we'll never recover from this six eight months or whatever let's call it a year probably a year and a half by the time we're all said and wrapped up or at least moving in a direction and um I tell you one thing when it comes to children uh they're they're very resilient in this area yeah and uh they're not as worried about it as uh, adults are yeah so i i mean because we we're looking at the long term 50 year future and going all this this thing might we don't even put this much concern in vaccines <laughs> you know what i'm saying we'll test it on like 2 years worth of guys we're like this is solid <laughs> it's so you know, all right. <laughs> only to find out later it causes you a third ear to grow on the top right. of your head you know <laughs> at year 47 we don't care we're shipping it out the door but when it comes to our kids in a 1 year pandemic we're like oh they're forever they're missing vac- out on everything yeah yeah it is. the yeah. whole world passed by uh, i not to say that you should ignore the problem you do have to um you know it it really is your job to make the gospel authentic they have to see it working. Yeah. And and what I like about uh, youth group is, is, is not necessarily, like I, I know all the things that are touted about youth group, that kids get together and they create their own community. These are good things. Um, but in my perspective, as a guy that runs a youth group, um, I get to reinforce what you started at home. And that leads to authenticity, right? It's not just my parents said so. Oh, actually, Mike says so too, and... He's not my dad, and he's not, inve- I mean, I'm, I love the kids, and I'm invested in them, but, like, I, I, you know, I don't put them to bed every night. You know, I have to, you yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm not following them around to make sure they got their homework done. I got no aim to have you act better. That's not my aim at youth group, and they know that because that's not what I'm there for. And so the whole point of, of having a Christian community, and especially a youth group, is it reinforces what they're taught at home. Now, the problem is, is if youth group is introducing things that are not being backed up at home, now Mike seems like the crazy one. <laughs> You know, yeah, yeah. or like Mike seems like he's taking things too seriously. And my parents say this is not that big of a deal, <laughs> you know. And so if the the, the getting together in like a, a youth group capacity or especially through the pandemic here, right, what you're what you're missing out on is, is continuity of the gospel between God's people and showing that, like, we're all reading from the same Bible. We're all believing the same thing. It's not just your dad that wants you to obey him. And he pointed to commandments every night. And this is why. Right. It's 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 evidenced in not only how your home is working, but how my home is working and how your pastor's home is working that like, look, this is repeatable and it is good. And God has given it to us as a gift and we should see it that way. And it is it it gets pounded as being authentic the more you see it. So that that's what I would more put the emphasis on opposed to, I mean, the theological, the deep theological truths are generally not coming from youth group. They certainly they're reinforcing deep theological truths, right? But like if your youth group is solidly discerning Greek in the book of Acts, you might be slightly overplaying your hand. Nope. Yeah. Ben. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Tell okay. me how you're a failure. <laughs> <laughs> Do you oh yeah, okay. David Kinneman, <laughs> President of the California-based Evangelion, I don't care. Uh, believe the pandemic will make this crisis of faith worse unless steps are taken. They said uh, the majority of young people who grew up in the church will either walk away from their faith or from the church when they become young adults. Um, and they, they so they were asked whether the pandemic will make it worse, and they said, I think it will. I actually think we're going to see an increasing number of people who've lost connectedness with their faith community with the usual rhythms and practices. I think that was changing anyway. Uh, yeah, and I think the, the, the data that they're talking about um, implies that those things aren't really keeping them there regardless yeah um even though they had like later on the article they'll say um let's see that that researchers believe that the group let's uh oh yeah um we we think about habitual church one of the things we know that makes them different from the resilient folks is that they have meaningful relationships at church, but that's not the same group of people which is the which is the youth and the kids and the people the young adults that walk away from the church. they're like categorizing like adults um. Like those those rhythms, don't seem to be the means of which the primary driver which people stay anyway. And so I don't know that the pandemic will accelerate that in as much as like it will just reveal quicker uh, the fact that you uh, that this was happening regardless. Yeah.
1: Um. Because they're they're really looking at the institutional church. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, the 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 programming and and and, and all of that. And not acknowledging that your relationship with Christ can survive outside that, yeah, um, I, an institution. I mean, I'm I'm yeah. a big in the institution church. I, you know, I do one, but like you guys are in a home church. You know, it's like you you're you're not like suffering right now. You're not like oh I don't know about Jesus. It, yeah, right, right. Yeah. right. I, I mean, it's like and, you have a personal faith. You know,
0: yeah. and Dan spent years uh, working at Burger King and watching the praise of the Lord, <laughs> and, <laughs> right, and uh, without going to a to a church. And like right. there's a there's a path here. Yeah. Um and this is not to discredit obviously the, the, the I think the rhythms of the church are great right, right, um, right yeah but, but like we do have to be careful to not overreact
1: to to our own infrastructure as if it was the sinews of the church yeah because God obviously can work outside of whatever our mind picture is when we hear the word oh the church yeah
0: yeah and, yeah I, even, even for a for a, a classic example right like I know for a fact that like there's a I think it's all the ladies in our church actually they have a um, they text each other all the time, all the time with stuff that they're praying for and stuff we can ask for prayer for and and, and, and just overall great stuff. And because of that, we don't have like a, a weekly or a monthly ladies get together because we don't need one. <laughs> they're already doing that. Yeah. Right. And so like some of the some of the, the things that I like to extol the absolute non virtues of, like technology, uh, for the most part, um, it is granted as such the ability to to bring those things in a in a consistent community which is way more tenable um than you would have had say we do this to pandemic 30 years ago everybody's living in the dark throwing hand letters out and you're catching news 3 days past yeah, you know and yeah. so so where i i think it's a it's it's
1: a hassle right i don't i don't know that it's exactly a detriment yeah and and maybe i should clarify what I, what i'm saying too that that what I'm saying only works if you do engage on your own Yes. outside yeah. of yeah absolutely the structure yes. Yes. absolutely yeah cuz I'm I'm making it sound like well yeah I can go fishing you know I was like well now that you hear that all the time it's like that's a different issue yeah, <laughs> yeah. right you know, yes. yeah. well and so I think that's interesting
0: too is that when we think about um think about this less as a problem and more as an opportunity to ex- not change our definition of the church but to expand it like does does the church meet on Sundays? Yeah, and I think we should continue to do that because it's awesome. Is, is is it is it right that the church considers uh, that it has habits and rhythms as a community? Yes, I think that is all good. Um, but 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 if that if that causes a constraint in our behavior, whereas the pandemic shows up and we're like, well, now what do we do? Well, then we had defined too narrow to begin with. And so, if this is an opportunity for us to look at our definition of like. What the church is and how the church behaves, um, and how its same notion of those rhythms continues, whether we are meeting formally or in, in this particular location or whatever. Um, like what a great opportunity for the church to, to potentially remove a blindness that was, un, that was unintentional, right? Like it's not because none of the stuff none of the stuff that, that, that was going on was wrong or bad. They were all good things. It's just too narrow. Which is often the way God works. I say, like totally, but big, but bigger. Yes, Ben. Good, good, but bigger, yeah. <laughs> wider, different, deeper. Um, and so, maybe I think that's probably. A, um, I think that's good. And frankly, I do wonder if if we can get that part. Uh, not get that part right sounds is not what I really want to say. It's more so. It, can we? Um, if we can broaden our allow this opportunity to broaden our scope and it becomes more obvious and evident of the church being the church outside of its um, internal rhythms, um, I, I wonder if actually you you see that um, the young adult thing change direction. Because oftentimes, and this is a generalization, so don't hold me to this is everybody, but like oftentimes the complaints for, for younger generations are, I don't think the church is actually accomplishing anything. They look at the world and they say, hey, this is... Um, we hear the words, but we don't see it. We don't see it actually happening. A lot of the time it's happening, just not in some kind sort of like way that you want it to happen, like you want to be more flashy. Um, it's happening in, um, you know, the people, pe- we don't go in front of the church every, every day and go, hey, we, we gave the Thompsons 80 bucks, hooray for us. Like someone just gave the Thompsons $80. In fact, they probably gave the Thompson, Thompsons a quarter cow and the Thompsons are going to eat that for a, for a winter and you never heard of it. So like some of that stuff is happening and you just don't know what's happening. Right, along with say strong marriages. <laughs> that's right. 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 We do we we don't do we don't go like hey everybody just a reminder, kick and tail on this marriage thing, 35
1: years. <laughs> Nobody got divorced this week. That's yeah. right.
0: You hear about someone being married for 38 years and you're like, okay, I mean, okay, congratulations. Eddie. Yeah, right. We see this all the time. But like that's a great that's awesome. Yeah. Um and so like some of that stuff's happening anyway and, and the church just it, it doesn't go around tooting horns cuz like that's also kind of how we're supposed to handle stuff. But like um but I would submit that like some of the gaps that they think they're seeing where it feels like it only belongs in a specific place. That's not the, it's not the building's fault. It's not the rhythm to have its fault. It should be happening outside of those things. And if this f- allows that perspective to be seen to say, Oh yeah, they actually, th- they couldn't meet in the building this week, but the thing's team still, still seems true. It's still true. They figured out a way to do something else. Uh, online's okay for that. If uh, th- th- They did th- a, a, a 300, 400 person church ended up being in like 20 houses for a few weeks. OK, but like because it's real and true, this thing, this isn't the thing that that ties us up. And I think it's a false perception because I think anybody like, you know, no no one feels no one would say this is tying us up. But to the extent that people feel like it might be, this is a great time to show them that it doesn't and for them to feel and to see it and for it to be tangible and to church to be about the church's business outside of the the thing where they put us in a, in a pocket. Uh, the church should be constantly surprising people. Oh, I know what you guys do on a Sunday morning. Oh, do you? <laughs> we might be up to just about anything. I like that level of surprise from the church. A little bit of wink, a little bit of sly boots. <laughs> yeah, a, a little bit of pandemic as an opportunity. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, granted, it's it's cut down our ability to maybe show up at a building in a in a, in a group of whatever. But, like, we're still attending, um, you know, online services. And, frankly, because this new pandemic as an opportunity has come up, we have a whole new avenue of ways of of showing God's love to other people. And if we get caught, I think that's the thing I'm defending against. I don't know whether these these numbers are true, whether they're not, or whether they're leading this or whatever. The main point is, is that when we're faced in a new situation, we go, God, new situation, we think, You know what I'm saying? Instead of going, oh, this new situation is upon us. What shall we do in response? Uh, It it shows up as an opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Right? (laughs) We have all kinds of opportunity to do things we would not have had the opportunity to do before. So, in fact, I I dismiss this article out of this hand. This is gonna, Lord. This is going to mess up the process that wasn't quite working right. <laughs> what, yeah. We, what will we do? Yeah. Kids have been leaving the church for 75 years. This is going to cause them to leave. <laughs> now they're really going to leave. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like stay super mean at this time. Yeah, for reals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. May, maybe I just don't like. Here's the thing: is like spending any amount of time worrying about this. Uh, it's putting an awful lot in your own hands. I, I don't know what you what are you going do, do different. What do you think you're gonna do? Get ahead of the curve on this thing, or whatever? You know, yeah. pandemic-proof your place. Right. You're gonna come up with the world's greatest idea in the next three weeks and cap, totally capitalize. Like, just be, do the church stuff. Be the church. Yeah, be the church. Do the church stuff. And here's the thing, uh, whatever. The true colors here, but like to the extent that you're being the church, and there's groups of people who go, nah. I mean, what are you gonna do? Yeah. Your only job is to be the church. If if the if the building tied you up. Then we need to re-talk about what it's like to be the church. But I I actually don't – I think that's not as big of a deal. I think it's an easy thing to be like, oh, they're focused on the building. But, like, Mm -hmm. it causes us to have the right conversations. And that is always a blessing where God forces you to have the right to re-look at your situation and go, now what do we do? And he goes, an awful lot. Dan, I got some options. Yeah. Dan, I got yeah. some options here. <laughs> you can keep the building, though. I got other stuff coming later. I yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got a place to put my boat. Yeah. <laughs> God's boat shows up. <laughs> you got to be a chariots parking at your place for like weeks. Hey, Amen.
0: <laughs> but you know, some some of this stuff,
1: the data and stuff, is really geared to pro- probably the larger church. Yeah, which does have a reason to 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 maybe be worried because everything does matter to the. I mean, everything is focused around the building all the programming and the classrooms and all this stuff. And That's the smaller church is pretty, we just kind of do whatever. We just go wherever, you know. I, uh, yeah. We we move around, we do stuff.
0: And but, but but like, isn't the same thing true, though? Like, if you, to the extent that you got 5,000 folks, in fact, we kind of talked about this when we talked about the sermons a few weeks ago, but, like, um, it, it is it is a risk, but, like, doesn't it cause you to rethink and say, hey, we, should, we probably shouldn't be as leveraged in this risk as we are. Uh-huh. So, like, how should we think about what we're doing differently both during that na- the now times but like how should that inform what happens when we're not in the middle of a pandemic
1: i don't know see I, i've heard i've heard the convention guys talk about this sometimes oh we're counting the wrong stuff to quit quit counting people and 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 all this stuff and they're like from the big churches that all they do is count people yeah, yeah and i'm like I, I don't know what you're saying because i i don't you know
0: what does that mean you, you know that's true don't count people what was your attendance last sunday uh, seventeen thousand two hundred forty-three. <laughs> exactly. Oh, <laughs> and the offering was. I blah, was blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <it's> like,
1: yeah. <laughs> <But>
0: <laughs> what do you do with that? <laughs> well, so so like um, but but I guess the thing. So here here's the thing. If you want to look at it from a practical perspective, let's say let's say we said count people is the right thing. It's all right to count. I want it, it's some indication of the success of how we got people in. If you're leveraging a particular demographic group out the door at a ninety percent loss rate or an eighty percent loss rate, like something's not working. And what I'm submitting to you is that, like, is it possible? Is it possible that, like, whatever it is that's getting them in there, isn't the thing that actually causes them to stay and causes them to stick? Is, here's the deal: if you're if you're if you're drawing in people who already know and love Jesus, and you've made it's just a little bit more comfortable, and maybe you're like really good, and so they like to sit and listen to you, and your band's pretty awesome, and so reasonable people like to hear good music, and so like those people aren't dropping out because what you're offering is better. Than maybe where they were coming from, but like if you treat your young adults and your like your high school and college age kids as the group who's actually giving you the the cleanest shake because they don't have a background and they're going, eh, the thing that should draw me in for life, this is not drawing me in for life, then it should force you to ask some really serious questions about what it is that you're doing, um, and I think that's not that the pandemic, again, I personally think starts to touch on some of the things where they look at and go, nah, this feels kind of like a, this feels like a show. No one else, no one's intending to put on a show. They're trying to do the very best they can for Jesus. But, like, there's just, there's a whole generation of which I'm at the tail end of one, and I think the one that follows mine are like, eh, eh, it looks a little showy. I just don't, I don't know if this is real. This, this seems like a production. Um, you know what doesn't look like a production? When the church can't meet in a building, the church still meets. Um... This is where the TV, the going online thing can be. It can be hit or miss. I, I think for smaller churches, it's probably awesome, and they're like, "Wow, cool! We, we still get to do this, and they don't miss out because they were in that." I think it perpetuates something that's probably true for larger churches. Um, but I also think it's a heck of an opportunity. I, I think it turns the tides for the larger, for the larger. I state. think they're gonna have a hard time shutting down the live stream because they're gonna want to. Like when things lift and they're like, we got to get everybody back in the seats and meet as a community. And they're like, we're going to stop live streaming. Oh, well, I think people going to be angry. I think a lot of that stuff's there for good.
1: Yeah. yeah you yeah, think yeah, they're yeah. going to keep the live stream? Other I think the churches were doing it already. Yeah. Mm. You know, it's just another front door. So, I mean, so it wasn't such a hard transition for them. Yeah. Yeah. Mm.
0: yeah. I don't think it'll, uh, and I don't, I don't know. I don't know that it's, um, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I like, I think there's a lot of value in in-person stuff. Are there situations where, like, is it can, like people are going? to – This is how they're going to interact with you? Yeah, is it? Possi- I mean, uh, Dan was a, a a virtual community member with uh, Baker for years, right? And like, it was no, it didn't, it didn't rub it off a hard board on you, right? Yeah, it didn't yeah. create a bad situation for you.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I had no connection, all, obviously, but but uh, right, it was, yeah. I, it, I, Fed me. You got to know
0: who you are, I guess. Like, yeah. you might be able to sustain without that. There's some people that, like, well, seriously, you're just not a person who
1: can't sustain without, phys- like, yeah. in person with people. You got to go. Yeah. yeah. I'm much more of a loner anyway, so, like, yeah. I go to a, a a larger church, and I just kind of hide in the corner, and, yeah, uh, you know, I, I just, I don't, am not that guy. I don't want to be yeah. front there everybody. I agree. With me and, I would do that same thing. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Mm.
1: Which is, wait, uh, part of the reason I stay at, like, I, I don't
0: do that because, like, I think it's probably not the best for me. Uh, and it forces me, like smaller situations, force me to actually be doing things that otherwise are probably right for the kingdom, whereas I could get lost in something else. Yeah. All right. All right. We're done with this one. Yeah, last, last one. Pandemic forced. I don't know who John Steingard is. Oh no. Here we go. Oh. Oh, it's the front man for the Hawk Nelson. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, he believes that he. Let's see. John Steingard, former front man for the Canadian Christian rock band Hawk Nelson who revealed in May that he no longer believes in God, suggested that if the pandemic didn't happen, he may not have shared his unbelief with the world. Quarantine forced us to slow down like it forced everybody to slow down. Steingard told Today in a recent interview, Without it, it's possible that I may have just kept going on about life because, well, life is full, life is busy, and sometimes you don't always have the time to stop and really think about things. He explained that he made the decision to come clean about what he believes while actually having a conversation with his wife during a trip to the grocery store. I just feel like I'm ready to talk about this publicly, he said he told her. I felt like I had the ability to talk about this stuff without being angry or bitter, he added. Sometimes when you see someone stepping away from the faith, there's a period of anger and resentment and bitterness, and some of that can be really understandable and normal. I think I had processed that stuff to the point where I felt a lot calmer and settled about it. Earlier this summer, in response to a question of whether he or not he was afraid of going to hell, Steingard, who was raised as the son of a pastor, said he went through a period of deconstruction, and is now reconstructing what he believes. I suspect that if he is there through the whole process for me of deconstruction and now sort of in this process of reconstruction, figuring out what I do believe now, I have to believe that if he's there, he knows that this is part of the process. When it comes to heaven and hell, you can actually, even if you're full-on Bible-believing Christian, there's a lot of evidence, even in Scripture, that this idea of eternal conscious torment is not your only option, he said on Instagram. He also explained that while he works to figure out what he really believes about God, he is now more at peace on the issue of hell. I do feel at this point like a tremendous amount of peace on this subject, and I've sort of tried to figure out why. I work my way back from, like, this sense of peace that I have, and I'm just, oh, wait, and am I just stupid? Is that what I have peace about it? But this kind of what I think, he said. If God is real, then he set up reality in a way that allows that uncertainty. If he's real and he created us, made us, made this universe, he left the possibility of his lack of existence open. And Paul would kind of disagree on that one because the heavens declare, blah, blah, blah. He left that open, and to me, the idea of a loving God and a loving, to me, the idea of a loving God and a loving Father who leaves that possibility open and yet condemns people to hell if they don't figure it out right, I just really struggle with that because it doesn't feel like a loving uh, loving Father thing to do. I sort of just reject that whole idea because I just don't think it makes any sense. If God was like that, it just doesn't feel very loving to me, so I'm not sure that's the God we're talking about in the Christian God. When I read the Bible and the images of God in the New Testament, that doesn't feel right to me. Again, he sent his son on the cross on the die. Again, I'm going to on feeling here, so it could be totally wrong, nice, but my intuition sort of tells me that either God's not real and we don't have to worry about hell or He is real, and he's way more loving and inclusive and mysterious than we give him credit for. He left out the one option that says he's real, and the thing that the Bible communicated was accurate like he's and he says it. he is, yeah, yeah, <laughs> mm, that's yeah. weird, anyway, he did not say
1: he did not say why the pandemic drove just because it caused him to slow down. I mean that's true. I suppose they lost income. There's no shows going on, so it's like, well, I like guess yeah, I don't have to keep up this charade. Yeah. I mean, I prefer. I mean, I, I'm
0: glad he, you know, was honest. I guess uh, rather than you know potentially lead people in a path that, that he doesn't believe in. Yeah. Um, I just like here's the thing. I totally get this question. I just don't. I don't. What I don't understand is the level of certainty people have in res- to the question that causes them to lose entire faith in Jesus. like, Or their ability to rely on their own feelings. How many times have your feelings led you astray? I mean, all the time. Like when you get up at like 2 in the morning and go to the bathroom, and you're like, I have a feeling there's somebody in here. And it's like a plant with a weird shadow. And you were anxious. You were honest anxious with an honest reaction, and that was not the truth at all. Uh, Or you thought, hey, man, I'm certain that my wife has died in a car accident. I'm certain of it i don't know i just got this feeling or whatever and then you come home and there she is sitting on the couch you're like well i was wrong about that the ghost of my <laughs> wife is here yeah <laughs> i mean you can conjure up all kinds of things you know and so like not to say that like there are a, all, all your feelings are real to you but like the amount of trust
1: that you give them
0: i mean mine have just led me astray so often
1: oh like the person on top of a building that that's on hallucinatory drugs hallucinate drugs and and they think I just really feel like I can fly. I can fly, yeah. And, and it doesn't work. It yeah. never does.
0: Yeah, I feel Damn. angry, and I feel like I'm justified in giving my boss this number. And then, as you walk out to the parking lot with the stuff from your desk, you think, huh. Boy, I wish I wouldn't have gone. Yeah, with I wish I'd have done that. Yeah, <laughs> I was missed Or like I mean, even even basic things like, Boy, I'm pretty sure my, that my that my wife is angry at me. She wasn't. Why? Why did you feel that way? (laughs) Or or more often, I'm pretty Pretty sure sure. my wife is not angry at me. (laughs) Yeah, you were in (laughs) sir. It takes an
1: amazing amount of arrogance to think you can deconstruct God and reconstruct Him in your image, and He's good with that.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's that's the thing. Is that like um, the the one thing? And this has been pretty consistent around listening to people talk about using that those that language like deconstructing faith, reconstructing. Is that like construction as a concept requires some sort of foundation? Like you're not really reconstructing. You're like looking at clouds fly by and go. What do I think? What do I think yeah. that looks like to me you're today? About
1: walls here and there, and
0: yeah, like <laughs> like the, the the reason the Christian faith, as it has let's just say broadly been constructed. Has been done so on the backs of uh, the, the the realities that are communicated through strict scripture about God's behavior and character, the historical realities of His people, the demonstration of those things over time in and through His people that have been witnessed and otherwise cataloged, and other things like the notion of Christianity has a foundation has been constructed upon that foundation, and so to deconstruct it isn't just get to go. I just don't know if I feel like I believe in hell. I will grant that I think there is more ambiguity in our notion of hell than a lot of times we want to give credit for because we don't want to muddy waters. I know for a fact it is an eternal separation from God. I know that. Past that I'm probably open to some discussion. But like but the thing is is that, is that like the, the Christianity isn't constructed upon that concept alone. And so now like for me, for me to 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 actually like depart my faith, I don't get to just part ways on whatever social issue I don't particularly want to follow Jesus in this day. I have to go, oh, and you know what? Those those times when my people in my community heard from God and reacted and the exact and the thing happened, like the fifteen times I've seen it, or the person that I know was healed or the persistence of um, long-term marriages following faithful Christian principles. Like, I got to start chucking absolutely everything, everything in my life, and like all these other things, and say, well, the, the, the doctrine of Jesus is a historical person, and the notion of people dying for their faith of uh, within the first and second centuries when they had no reason to lie, Jesus was already dead. Like, these are all things I have. I don't just get to throw out, oh, I, I just, this concept, I just don't have a firm grasp on it. And, I, and the way that you asked that really made me think, And, um, I just don't think God would act that way. Like, it's not that easy. It's disin, it's disingenuous. Just like it's disingenuous for me to reject someone else's, um, to to reject someone else's religion. I do believe, like, I believe Christianity is true. I know enough about other religions to have competently thought about it. So I don't just go, oh, oh, well, I just don't want to, because I don't feel like it's right. Like, I'm in the search of truth here. I think God is on the side of truth. I think he'll show it. And so... Like it's just it just seems disingenuous to me, and I think especially with the level of influence like a guy like this has, like I get that it was probably hard. It was probably hard on him, but like just because it's hard, and just because on the other side of it, some sense of peace didn't make it true. It it didn't make it right, and like struggling with the notion of of sin that causes separation from God, and there being a consequence to that, and but but a path where we don't have to bear it on our own. Like, I'm not saying these aren't things that humans wrestle with. God's ways and nature are p- probably things we're not going to implicitly just come out of the womb going, yeah, I totally understand and, and am on board with all of this stuff. That's what makes him God and us not. That's what s- the presence of sin in our life influences. Like, I totally get all that. But, like, you just, just because something seems difficult doesn't mean you get to go, oh, well, I disagree with God on this one, but, like, God, uh, I'm just going to throw the whole thing out. I mean, the thing is is, is, is like this hell conversation, it comes up a lot. Yeah. Right. And, and the actual truth of it where you're what does he say? He says it tells me that either God's not real and we don't have to worry about hell or he is real and he's way more loving and inclusive and mysterious. Here's the thing. He couldn't be more inclusive. Uh, it is your choice. That's the inclusive part. I will welcome absolutely anybody to my kingdom. This is the way my kingdom works. Everybody is invited. Uh, the loving God gives you a choice to say no to that right it's, it's it, even if you want to acknowledge hell or not acknowledge hell if you say God says I would like for you to be with me in my kingdom uh, for eternity please come in and you say I'm not interested and God goes okay I'm sorry to hear that but okay it gets to be your choice right and so you made the choice to be apart from God for eternity and God honored that choice that uh, does not sound like it's being uh, not inclusive. That sounds like he made the offer to everybody and said, look, I paid for your admission. You're welcome to come in. This is the way the kingdom acts. This is how we handle ourselves in the kingdom, and, and this is what's going to work best here. And you said no, and you just said no. And, and, and like, I get what you're saying. You're like, I, I feel like I'm being punished. You're not being punished. You're being, your choices are being honored, honored. Yeah. right, yeah. which is more than, like, a God who is who is not loving Uh, would not honor your choices because he has zero respect for you and and, and doesn't give you any place of honor, right? That is not what God's doing. God is elevating you higher than your level, honoring your choice, and to his his own sadness, right, Uh, that you chose to not be with him. But he honors your choice unless you have that, and then you call that a consequence. Um, That is uh, not the right way to look at it. It's not even an accurate way of looking at it. The accurate way is he's a God of choice because you cannot have love without choice. And so if you want to love and you want to follow God, then that gets to be your choice. If you do not want to, that also gets to be your choice. And he honors that even um, if it's to your own detriment. And like, that's your whole life, friend. You got to choose that. And so like I, I, I have a hard time listening to this non inclusive talk, right? Like that God didn't didn't open it up for everybody. You know, that's like that's like opening up a play place, you know, from for, that was designed for ages zero to seven and then here comes 22 year old 350 pound linebacker man he's like i cannot believe they will not let me in here look you can come in here but you're gonna break everything you know what i'm saying like uh you know that's a terrible you example. were allowed in when you were six maybe yes <laughs> I, that was bad oh, example. But, but the bad. a bad example so, but uh I, you know i guess because I, you know what i'm getting at like like you were you were offered the chance to come in and you said no well yeah think of it like uh, and this is where the example of like hey it's uh i don't think a good father would act that way like if i were let's say we were giving away pie at the after after dinner, and I and I told my my oldest daughter, I said, Hey man, come get a piece of pie. No, I don't want one. I said, oh, Okay, I mean it's pie. There's pie out here, man. Come on, come in, have have one. I don't want one. What am I gonna do? I'm gonna go g- g- take her off the couch, pull her by the hair, and say, You will eat this pie? Right. I and bought man. the pie. It's ready to serve. I got it what? out. It's on the counter. It's yeah. Yours. I think so. Like it is totally a dad thing to do to go. Look, man, I gave you two ca- cracks at this pie. I'm gonna eat this pie. You you I offered you something really good And you didn't want to get off the couch You didn't want it You said you did not want it And so I ate it Or yeah. I gave it to somebody else Right, right <laughs> Yeah And this pie is perpetually good Until you die And I, the offer is there And you can have it any time Between now and then And it will symbolize That you are now part of the family <laughs> Let's do this thing Nope Nope Nope, nope. nope. <laughs> And then you die and go I cannot believe I didn't get any pie Yeah This is junk What kind of dad Wouldn't force me to eat the pie Or would offer me pie to begin with Like I don't understand What the critique is Yeah yeah, that's a that's a it's a very I can't I can't even think of a way to describe it but like a like a, it's a it's a consequence that you chose, right? And like a, a it's a systematic of the way that we are. We're like I can't believe they're forcing me to blah blah blah. You absolutely chose to do all this. You every every choice you've made up to this point in your life, any situation that you've had enough of or you're mad at the world for, you think everybody is treating you poorly, like every choice you've made up to this point has put you in this exact situation. And like, and now you're 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 angry at the world. What I don't I mean, boy, you're really just abdicating your entire responsibility in this whole thing. All you had to do was accept the pie. That's all you had to do. Yeah. Is say that's what I have to do. What's the rules? Well, when you come in here, you got to sit down. You got to put a napkin on your thing, and you got to eat with a fork. I, I prefer if you don't eat with a spoon. It causes all kinds of wreckage. Well, I'm bringing a spoon in here. Now, hold on. That's that's not what's going to happen. You know, like that's the kingdom of God. God says, this is how it works at the pie table. This is how we live. This is what we do. And you said you did not want no part of it. And then you're like, I can't. God won't let anybody in with a spoon. What's his place? You know, (laughs) (laughs) and he knows that if he lets a bunch of spoons in here, things are going to go poor. And so he says, no spoons. And then you're like, but I want a spoon. I want to be special. I want to be the guy that's coming here with a spoon. And like God says, look, it's not going to work if I let everybody have a spoon. And you insist on rocking in there anyway. It's like just complete <laughs> misrepresentation of the way the gospel works.
1: I'm going to deconstruct this pie and I'm going to make it bread pudding. Yeah. And that's what I want. You ought to like me liking I bread pudding. I want bread pudding for
0: all my days. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what?
1: Yeah. I, I think it's it's less irritating. I don't
0: know. It's, it's, it's just irritating. It's <laughs> well, right? coming, to, coming to the conclusion that my oldest daughter goes, yeah, based upon, I I just don't think my dad would ever, you know, not have me eat that pie, even though I said no. So I don't think my dad's real. He's fake dad. Fake dad. He was never in the kitchen to begin with. <laughs> he right. didn't force me to eat the pie. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna ignore everything, the fact that my family interacts with him, the fact that I have numerous years in relationship with him. I'm going to chuck that out because of this pie thing. And uh, he wasn't real. Like, it's just a weird... It's a weird conclusion. And, like, I, you know, like, I've done plenty, plenty of apologetics research stuff. Like, I, there are plenty of really good questions that people have for God. Tons of them. I have them, too. But, like. This is not one of them. No. It's, it's <laughs> not. Like, here's what this would say. Like, hey, man, I, I just. Um, uh, it's, it's a perfectly reasonable question to go. Like, my understanding of love uh, and, 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 and this consequence of being eternally separated from Jesus, like, I'm having trouble. Can you help me? Like, it's an answerable question. Probably less callously than we just approached in this pie example. But like, it's the it's a reality. No one likes a no one likes a harsh reality. But it's only harsh if you said no to the pie. Like that's what I'm saying. You, 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 we've misled the question. Boy, why would God send someone to hell? I'm like, why did you choose not to eat the pie? You could have right. just eaten the pie, and then we didn't. <laughs> yeah, God but, didn't send you anywhere. You yeah, chose to go. You the pie like walked through the Everybody. <laughs> you said, I don't want no pie. I'll take this chasm over here. Ah oh, man, don't take the chasm. Don't I'm take telling it. you. Don't do it, Cas. So, ah. so, like, that's that's the that's the thing is that like, um, uh, just be if if you've got doubts and stuff, like I like like we've talked about this before. Embrace them. Like, just ask the question. God's not afraid of the questions. Um, you're probably not the first one. If I can guarantee, you're not the first one to have this particular thought. Most accusations that I've ever heard, someone level against God from the staunchest atheist, have come out of the mouths of the minor prophets. Like they just like God. Where were you? Yeah. David would do the same thing. And to check read your psalms almost God, uncomfortably. You'd yeah. read and go, Now David, listen, I don't think you should be really <laughs> talking to God this way. <laughs> That's right. Take <Just> a <laughs> step back there. <laughs> he almost said I don't remember which psalm it was, but like what it brought to mind the accusation against the gods who didn't send the fire. Uh Elijah was like, God, where were you? What were you doing? Were you off doing such and such? Uh because Israel awaits. We've we feel like we've been abandoned by our king. And like you're like, well, look at that guy accused God of like totally leaving him be and like not fighting for the side of justice and abandoning good. Like God's people have gone through this over and over again, and it's in the scripture that it happened. Mm-hmm. So, like, totally ask your questions, but like, don't, I guess, I would, like, if you're going to be, let's just at least be intellectually honest here. Let's be, let's be true that you can't just forego uh, responses just because you feel like something. Like, it's, it's just not. They're just not trustworthy. I wish you're, I wish they were. I wish our emotions were trustworthy. But like, if you ever use the phrase "I overreacted" or at least thought in your mind, "Boy, I overreacted," that's you and your emotions not carrying you in the right method. That's you. Some, something lied to you. You should get this angry, and then you got back to it. And you said, "I shouldn't have got that angry. No, that was a mistake." Right? <laughs> like I handled. You ever apologized for anything? You that means because your 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 emotions. Told you that this was the thing and you, you Go yeah I'm only in it whatever you say I'm in it And it didn't work out because they Weren't right they didn't read the situation correctly And so I think that's what we're asking you To do is that like something that is of this much Consequence uh Hawk Nelson, as the way that was that's that's the name Of the band that's not the yeah. guy's name Uh anyway like Like boy I, I had a feeling Just doesn't seem like enough to be like Well thousands of Thousands of uh years of History and you know evidence of the active Holy Spirit and Christians and changing the world with good stuff and it seems like a lot to throw out because you felt like this particular question was unanswerable and I'm going to grant you like thirty percent of the books on the Christian bookstore shelf are trying to deal with this particular question, so I mean, I would also ask how far did you look right? We've been talking about this for a long time. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: all right you, you ready? List- what you ready? yeah, yeah oh yeah, we got time for one those those went longer than I thought just one uh, yeah. Okay, hold on. We'll do yeah, I mean, I don't care. You can do two of those. Nice. Two. Okay, here we go. Okay. Dear life from the path. Every day when my husband comes home, he takes off his shoes to relax. Yeah. He works hard outdoors more than ten hours daily. His feet smell horrible. Nice. Unbearable to be around. We have tried insoles, baking soda, foot sprays, and even health checks, which helped but didn't get rid of the problem. He gets offended when I ask him to change his socks and wash his feet. To him, I'm out of line to continually point it out. But I can't even sit in the same room with him. Help. Huh. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, he should change his socks, man. Yeah. Just because it ain't funking him out doesn't mean it ain't funking others out.
1: <laughs> I grew up with a brother that, yeah, you you could walk in the door and go, oh, oh, no, <laughs> no. Take, yeah. Get, Robbie get, is get, in the room. Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah, they smelled like Fritos in his situation. <laughs> so, but still, I was like, no, yeah, get those out of here. I
0: used to have my brother stay at my house sometimes and, like, it smelled like a cat peed in there. Yeah. I'm like, good night, man. Those go outside. Those, you can't do that in here. And, uh, and uh, he took it well. You know, he put him outside and then went and washed his feet, and everybody yeah. was happy, you know.
1: I mean, he must know. I mean, it's, it's your feet, right? And Maybe you get used to it, but still, like, you, you kind of know. Like, if you hear it a lot, it's like, huh. Yeah. Um, there must be something about my chemistry that makes my feet smell. I don't know. I mean, it. I'm not to say that, like,
0: I, it's not that I don't understand a guy's opinion. Like, every day you get home from work, and you're like, man, I just need to be, I'm just glad to be home. And then the first thing out of your wife's mouth is yeah. your feet stink again. Hey, now. Now here's the thing though that wouldn't be his everyday experience if he just said when he shows up I'm gonna sit down and change my socks.
1: Yeah, I don't think it's i am I'm gonna take them off in the garage before I get in the house. Yeah. yeah, however their house is I set up. I think I'm gonna fix this.
0: Yeah, I mean what if it's like ten below outside? Got to pull off the boots and socks outside. I mean put them on a porch. Hm. Here's the thing I think there's options now. Plastic I,
1: bag I, wrap them up.
0: If I were her I would expect every three weeks or so like especially he's working ten hour days sounds like he works hard he's gonna forget every once in a while and like. You're gonna have to say something. He's gonna be like, "Ugh," and be irritated. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, I get it. You're working hard, but like, certainly, it's not unreasonable for this man to recognize that his feet don't stank, and he he, he should go inside. And here's maybe she sets out a fresh pair. Maybe it yeah. matters a lot. Yeah, maybe you could help. Set some out for him. Yeah, yeah. here you In go, fact, man. play it off like an Epsom salt bath. Be like, "Why don't you put them uh, them hardworking feet inside this Epsom salt bath and let them." Let him massage a little bit. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to like trick him or anything, but like, look, we're both going to get what we want here. I want that stuff to go away. And then, uh, you get to have a nice little foot massage right now. Yeah. Here's some fresh foot mittens. Make this happen. Yeah. 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 So I would, so our advice to her then is, uh, you're not being unreasonable. Um, but, but try to find a way to, to make him feel, um, loved in the process. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, cause he's again, you've described him in such a way that he feels like a, sounds like a a de- decent dude. He's a hardworking man. Uh, he probably does just want to relax. Now, frankly, if he's allowed, if he's gonna leave the house and work ten hours and work hard, the extra forty-five seconds to change his socks cannot be the straw that breaks right. the camel's back. Right. That's not fair to you. Um, but you help him out. Like, yeah. just you want him to change his socks, get some down, maybe set them out for him. If you're gonna be home, it's an extra step for you, but you're asking him to take an extra step too. Just meet him halfway and see if you can get him to a good habit that way. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Let's see. Segular says, there is a name for your husband's very common medical condition. It's bromidosis, and it is fixable. It's the result of sweat and the growth of bacteria and possibly fungus. Your husband should discuss this again with his doctor. Directions for treating his condition are also available online, but they are longer than my column can accommodate. Do a search of with Healthline.com would be a good place to start. You should also carry an extra pair of shoes and socks and change them in the course of the workday. Let's hope that from now on your husband will put his best foot forward. Hey man, if you sent me an extra pair of socks and shoes, I'd be super irritated. Changing your shoes in the middle of the day is terrible. It's terrible. Uh, I mean, changing the shoes at your house at the end of the day seems Mister Rogers ish, which means it feels like slightly acceptable. Having to stop, like, I I have in my mind, he works some sort of like construction or construction something, or something, yeah. yeah. And he's like, "Time out, boys! Got to swap out because I got to stink a digits." Like, yeah, that seems a little odd. They if they don't, what c- if you end up stinking both of them up? Now you're out your extra pair of shoes. Yeah, you just doubled your work. I'd save it. Yeah, I'd say I'd say I'd do it at home. Hmm. And and frankly, I I've, that's that's some terrible advice. Hey, thanks for writing to me advice. I suggest you Google it. Love me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's got to be some foot powder or something that can help with that. But. Yeah, I mean, I'd overdo it. Whatever the experts have said, double it. Yeah. See how that goes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, last one. Ready? Yep. Your are from the path. Since the coronavirus lockdown began, my wife and I have been cooped up together all day, every day. Though we have lived together for 35 years, she's now discovering that, quotes, that I, quotes, don't cook vegetables correctly. It goes without saying that I'm no longer allowed to prepare the entrees. I don't sort the trash the way she thinks it should be, so I can't take out the garbage without her first inspecting it. Not only do I not wash the dishes properly, I don't even wash my face right. Thus far, the only thing I seem to be able to do is to go to the restroom without her supervision, but I lock the door now just in case she decides to commit. (laughs) I realize that during the tense time, people feel a loss of control over their own lives and try to compensate however they can. I'm able to hang out onto my patients almost all the time, but occasionally I want to either scream uh, at her or look for an apartment of my own. Do you have any advice for either
1: or both of us? Mm-hmm. Like, this is like your first year of retirement. I mean, I mean yeah. we, when you're like, hey, we're suddenly back together like when we haven't been so, uh, Man, it, enjoy the fact she's cooking. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and you've always it's a done, win.
0: you've always done this stuff wrong, right? Yeah. This is not new. <laughs> you've been doing this wrong for years. Uh, uh Yeah, I mean, this gets real hard, right? Especially especially with moms right that have, that have that have had kids they're used to paying attention you're you're an added kid mostly yeah. they they're looking over like is everybody's laundry done is every you know did everybody get this up like they, they they take their responsibility very seriously and it's very hard for them to just turn that off you know at a, at the drop of a hat and so the fact that they walk around and they're like look uh you're not you're not washing your face right and those vegetables cannot be cooked the way that you're <laughs> cooking them everybody's has to have a little bit of room um for others others way of doing things and it's very difficult especially if that responsibility falls on you most of the time it's hard to watch someone do it not the way you would do it yeah. um but at the end of the day these are small these are small things
1: well but well either either she's not handling the pandemic well or he just hasn't been doing any of this stuff yeah and now he's suddenly trying to do it yeah S- so there could be deeper <laughs> things there but he is now
0: yeah so I mean, it's just—it literally is like your first year of marriage and your first year of retirement, right? Like yeah. these are things. The first year of marriage, you went from not living with them probably for, uh, for the first you know x number of years of your life, and all of a sudden, wham, you got to figure out how to th- shove two lives together. And then as you as you get married and raise kids, like there's there's always something in between you. There's always kids or your house or something, you know, that you're working. And then after the after the retirement shows up, you're like, okay, now we're getting a lot closer together again, and. Uh, Wow, I hate the way you wash your face. (laughs) (laughs) That's really funny.
1: I can say the vegetable thing. Like, my wife and I like our vegetables different. Uh, I I like a little bit of firmness still in there, and and she likes them to be, like, really mushy. Uh, I don't think she's wrong. She just likes them that way. Yeah. It's like, okay, so I'll cook yours a little longer. Yeah. Won't cook mine as long.
0: My wife will straight burn the fries, trying to get crispiness out of them. I'm like, oh, yeah. Their directions said 20 minutes I live and die by their directions (laughs) Me too I don't know how to do I have no skills right So I'm like To the minute It's coming out When it says it's done She's like put it in there A little bit longer Well how long I don't know Seven minutes? I'm like, where'd you come up with that figure? Because like, I just I wouldn't know that, you know. But she'll, and she and she hers turned out fine, and like, I will after after the 20 minutes on the package, we're eating it because the guy who made the product said it takes 20 minutes, and that's what we're gonna do. And so like, once again, it's just people trying to figure out how to do yeah. the stuff, you know. And so like, what's your advice here? Like, treat it like it's your first year of marriage, right? And 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 figure out you're just gonna. I mean, you could be washing your face wrong. I would probably do it in secret. Like, hey, did you wash your face? Of course I did. It's done already. Don't don't pay attention. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, mean you, you can move everything to the bathroom. You can make your right. vegetables in there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> put the foreman in there. Yeah. <laughs> hey, what are you doing in there? Avoiding your nitpicking. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, mean like, I, it's the same thing I probably would say to someone in the first year of marriage is that, like, uh, hey, man, be prepared that someone has an opinion on your life and, uh, dear lady, please. Uh, Try not to have an opinion on everything in this man's life. He, like, he has to get used to the fact. Like, you, you, it will be much better if he asks it from you than if you force it upon him. And so yeah. just for your own best interest, maybe you let him wash his face. Like, is it killing him? It's probably not killing seems him. Seems to have survived so far. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, maybe let some of that stuff yeah. go. this marriage is stretched and bent before, right? Like, it just, just let it do it again. It'll be fine. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, secular says, you are far from the only spouse who is experiencing this. Your comment about your wife's hypervigilance and fault-finding being her way of coping with her anxieties is perceptive. If you haven't talked with her, calmly, about how her behavior is affecting you, please do it before you explode. Being cooped up all together all day every day isn't healthy for either of you. You both should be getting out separately for at least 30 minutes of walking. 60 could be even better. And sunlight every day. Man, I'm if I find a- it's known, marriage counseling is wasted. Are you walking and getting sunlight? Because <laughs> Separately? I mean, yeah. you could go on a walk together. I don't think whatever these situations preclude you from enjoying a nice walk together. No, because then you'd be like, do you always walk like that? With yeah. like that sort of half shovel? <laughs> I hate <True> that. <laughs> <laughs> are those the shoes you're going to wear on our walk? Those are your good shoes, <laughs> you dummy. <laughs> yeah, good luck there, friend. <laughs> I mean, now, again, to this fella, if she's there to talk to you about washing your face and you continue to do it wrong... I mean, you could just learn after the first round, like, I know what shoes I'm supposed to wear, what I'm supposed to go and, Like, I wouldn't make that distinction of my own, but my wife goes, you're supposed to wear these. I'm like, done. Well, I will only make that mistake once. Yeah. And then it's smooth sailing. Yeah, yeah, actually, to be honest, friend, if you've been married for like 35 years, what are you, new at this? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, if your wife says you're washing your face wrong, just adhere to her way of face washing. There's no way she's having you do it less, right? There's no possible way that she's having you do a worse job. She's probably always calling you to do a better job, and you don't want to do it. So, like, of all the things I've not met, a wife, people are like, my wife is always nagging me. She's never nagging you to do something lazier than you're currently doing it. <laughs> so, so the odds are you're probably halfing it out anyway. <laughs> right. So just accept her encouragement to do a better thing and scrub your whole face. And just get it done uh, I don't wanna yeah, I don't wanna You know hun You spend too much time Washing your face Says no wife ever You know what I saying? Mean? Uh, last thing uh, The exercise and change Of scenery Would not only be healthy But may lower Both of your stress levels However If that isn't sufficient The two of you Should discuss What's going on With her physician Yeah that sounds right Hey we need to go See your doctor there's something wrong with you. <laughs> Good luck with that one, friend.
1: <laughs> Holy cats! No, no, don't do that. <laughs> That's the worst advice yeah. I've ever heard. <laughs> I think I think there's something
0: wrong with you, to be honest, yeah. on this face thing. Would you like to go see uh, your physician together?
1: <laughs> he doesn't cook the vegetables That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to see what the doctor would be like. Yeah. He's like, I ain't got time for this. So you're saying he's eating vegetables. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> I tell you what, I've given steroids
0: to somebody, so who, who wants it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know these taking walks together wasn't working out for us, but I think a trip to your doctor to get you straightened out <laughs> would probably be helpful. Yeah. Oh. How much going to sail. How much sunshine have you been getting? Like, tell me in nanometers. How much sunshine have you have been taking <laughs> in? Because it's very important. <laughs> 850 lipses every day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you've been listening to live from the path. That's terrible. Don't don't to do that. Don't do that. <laughs> don't ever try to tell your spouse that you think we should go see their personal physician together. <laughs> yes, I don't. For I mean, for any unless it's a health reason and they're being real yeah. stubborn. But this here is a, this is a marital yeah, l- with knick knack. Not yeah. even a dispute. It's just a knick knack. Like even if something like hey, it's, it's a giant goiter. What do you think about getting that looked at? Start there yeah like let them offer and say yeah you know i should go to my doctor okay yes i agree yeah i mean unless like i mean i can see the guy right now hey man it's the only part of my face i don't have to shave look at it don't grow no hair yeah yeah i love this thing i'm gonna leave it <laughs> yeah i called it steven <laughs> me and steven are staying home all right you've been listening live with that thank you for hanging out with us really do appreciate it uh hey if you got complaints of the show or you love it uh which is on but we do appreciate you guys who do uh, the line is five one five five one seven zero zero eight five five one five five one seven zero zero eight five. I'm gonna tell you a secret. I actually uh, personally love the show. I, I listen back to it and I find enjoyment out of it, mm-hmm. even though I was there. Yeah. And I think to myself, oh, actually, yeah, that's all right. I laugh out loud, and my wife finds me ridiculous. <laughs> she'll she'll like, what are you laughing at? And then I have to go. Well, I've listened to the show. <laughs> I, play, I play a game with myself called "Has Ben Still Talking?" Like I'll pull up to the drive, I'll drive through window. And turn the show down. And then, I, and then after I order, get the food <laughs> and pay and leave, I'm like, is Ben still talking? Chapal! <laughs> it's, it's really fun. You should try it. <laughs> all right. All right. That's uh, 10 points every time you're right. Let us know your score on the complaint line 515 517 0085. We will see you next week. Uh, in the meantime, be faithful in means God will handle the ends. You've been listening to Live from the Path.